Rio Rancho Radio. 92.9. We are brought to you this morning by Pam Harris's Pete Quail Realty in Rio Rancho. It is time to find out what is going on in the city of Vision with our Mayor Greg Hull. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Derek, and good morning, everybody out there. Thank you for joining us on this Sunday morning. And, you know, Derek, I've been talking to more people as I get out, and, and I'm just kind of at the various different events you can find me at. I get people all the time that walk up and say, I heard your Sunday morning show. I love your Sunday morning show. I love how you're covering all this stuff. And I said, hey, that's great. And they're like, I listened to it on my way to church, but I only get about 15 minutes. So I always want to remind people that we put this on a podcast and it's out there. You know, Greg Hull, Mayor of Rio Rancho podcast. Just go out to Spotify. It's right there. And you can play the show. Now, mind you, whatever you hear today, I might not have it uploaded until later in the week. And so until we get it up there, but just check out that. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of great shows uh, where we talk about the things that are going on in Rear Rancho. And, you know, the thing that I like about what we talk about here, Derek, is we answer a lot of questions around things that are relevant and happening in Rear Rancho. I mean, Heck, we've talked about internet service. We've talked about roads. We've talked about jobs. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that we talk about really every week to just kind of touch base on those things that are relevant and those reoccurring questions of why don't we have Xfinity? You know, right? Why don't they paint the power poles? <laughs> yeah. Why don't they paint the power poles right. on 528? Right. We've <laughs> talked about these compelling issues that are high on people's minds here sure. in Rio Rancho. But we've also talked about what a great city we are as far as, you know, safe city and different things and the great activities that we have. And I'm going to tell you, one of the things that I'm really proud of is all the great community activities that we've got started up again ever since we've kind of we're starting to ease out of the pandemic. And we've seen a lot of great activities like the Fourth of July. We had a fantastic grand kind of opening or ribbon cutting of the the Sky Room, the new Mm -hmm. park out at Campus Park, and then had the Philharmonic. And we're going to keep these things going. And then most recently, we had the uh, Fall Festival out there where we had probably about eight to 10,000 people. Now, I read in a paper or in in an article at some point in time saying that there seemed to be hundreds of people out there. No, no, (laughs) no, 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 no. There were thousands of people out there. Yeah, so it That's was like what we get for Mayor Sunday is fun day. Oh yeah, it's about yeah. the same crowd. Oh yeah, it was it was huge. I think it actually exceeded Mayor Sunday's fun day. I hate to admit that, but it it was huge. And then we had the fall festival, and appreciate everybody that participated there. And then most recently here on October thirty first, last Sunday, we had Halloween go on. Right, mm-hmm. so we had all kinds of activities, and we tried something new. And I think it worked out really, really well. I was very impressed. I attended all but one of these. And we basically had each fire station open up for two hours to do various different events. And it started off with Station 1, which is right there on Southern Boulevard. And mm-hmm. they were there from 10 to noon and then went to Station 2, which is the station up on Cherry. And that one went from, I'm sorry, 10 to 12. And then the one on Cherry went from 12 to 2. Then we had the fire station up in Enchanted Hills that went from 2 to 4. And then the fire station over on Rockaway went from 4 to 6. And then the fire station over in River's Edge 2 went from 6 to 8. And every one of them programmed something different. And we just had hundreds of people show up to every event. And the nice thing was it wasn't all the same people. Is it in the past we've done that event where we do something really fun with Firehouse 1 
and there's a lot of activities that we do there. But unfortunately, because Firehouse One is on the south end of the city, it really doesn't give people that live up in Enchanted Hills the opportunity to come down and really participate, right? So in this particular case, we spread the events all over the city, and I think it was just an absolute success because everybody loved it that they could go into the firehouses. There was lots of candy for all the kids, lots of activities that went on, and I want to say thank you to all of our firefighters that you dressed up the firehouses and, and put on this event. And when you open up the firehouse, I know it's a public facility, but it's really like those guys opening up their second home. Yeah. You know, they live there a big portion of their lives yeah. while they're working for the city, right? They're there. So it's really like them opening up their homes and letting you come in there and be a part of, of where they live and who they are as first responders. So we just want to throw a big shout out to all of our firehouse first responders. Now, I was able to attend everyone except for one, but we had so many events last Sunday. I went to four of the firehouse events and then three other trunk or treat events and other events throughout the city. So my day was consumed with getting around and seeing people from Haynes Park to Premier Theaters to all the firehouses. So we bounced around from one event to the next. Oh, and 66 Cuts, Rio 66 Cuts, they had a big trunk or treat there. Just a real fun time moving around the city, interacting with the community, being a part of Rio Rancho on every level. It just makes me happy to live in a community and be the mayor of a community that is so involved in community engagement. Well, me too. I mean, I could have moved anywhere in the Albuquerque metro with the radio station. I did research before I put it here. It was by uh, intent to choose Rio Rancho. Well, we've got a great community, that's for sure. And so the idea to do this at the fire stations, was this you or the fire chief or who, how this come You know, about? it was a collaborative between our various different department heads because obviously this has to work from the city manager down because from a budgetary standpoint, there are some costs involved. We have to make sure that we're not making something we can't afford to do, right? Well, uh, one would hope so. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we like to live within our budget and our means. But that being said is there are logistics that have to be done. So there's a lot of people that coordinate on this because obviously when you have two or 300 people in a firehouse and you're trying to host an event there, you can't respond to basically call outs. So yeah. what you have to do is transfer your call outs to other stations. So there's a lot of coordination to make sure that while these things are going on, there's not a lack in service and people are getting all the service that they need. I think they did an amazing job at really pulling this off. Well, it's nice that you have that rapport with our first responders to be able to set something like that up. And I know over the years as we've been doing this program, as much for them as for the community, you've worked on getting money for equipment for them to keep them safe while they keep us safe. Yeah, you know, I've been a champion of the public safety bond in the past, which has allowed us to get these beautiful new apparatus, the ladder trucks, the pumper trucks, the brush trucks, the engines, the ambulances. And we're going to continue to support our first responders because they are out there. They're in the community and they're responding. As I've said, they respond to our emergencies on our worst day. So it's pretty amazing the things that they do. So they always deserve our gratitude and our admiration because uh, they are committed to keeping Rio Rancho safe. And they're also committed to being a real part of the community. It's easy to have 
first responders that do their job and then that's all they do. But our men and women, whether it's on the police side or on the fire side, they do an amazing job of doing these community outreach programs. Not too long before the firehouses were open for Halloween, we had coffee with a cop as well there, and those circulate around the city. So those are really great because we have a lot of people come in from the community that can interact with the police officers, ask a lot of questions, and really interact with them so they can get to know our police officers on a one-to-one basis. Because you need to remember is a lot of our police officers are and, and firefighters are Rio Rancho residents, so they live right here in our community. They own homes here. They pay taxes here. They are part of the community, and they have a vested interest in keeping the community safe, the community that they live in and work for safe. So you know me, Derek. I'm always grateful for our first responders. Sure. I just want to throw some kudos out there to our police department, a great coffee with a cop event. It really brings our community together when they do that. And then, of course, opening up all the firehouses, that was great. Well, we had a very busy, busy, busy Halloween, and then, of course, after all that was done, I think my church, we had a chili cook-off the next Sunday, so we had so much stuff going on over the weekend. It was uh, it was a busy weekend, but it was well worth it because we got to see a lot of people and really open up the firehouses to the community. So, excellent. Yeah, and it's my understanding, Coffee with a Cop is where you can have an opportunity to interact with the police officers in a non-confrontational, you know, when you're not getting a ticket or yeah, you know, doing Absolutely. You know. Yeah, when it's a when it's a conversation, it's a conversation where you can talk about various different things and question why the police do certain things and why this happens and why that happens. And it's a great place to have that conversation because it's not on the side of the road. Yeah, right? exactly. And it's in a neutral environment. Typically, like we've done them at Chick-fil-A. We've done them at Starbucks. We've done them at the Denny's. We've done them at uh, a bunch of different places throughout the city. I think we did one at uh, the Dunkin' Donuts, the new Dunkin' Donuts. I think mm-hmm. we did one there. And they've done them at Wex. And so there's a bunch of different places that we've done these coffee with the cops. So that way it's also a very neutral environment as well it's not at the police station you don't have to drop by and say hey what's going on you can do that in these very neutral environment settings so it's great it's a great opportunity to meet with these fine men and women and get to know them personally and and understand that they love the community just as much as we do so the new mexico business recovery act there's still money available, is that correct? Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up, Derek, because the New Mexico Finance Authority is asking us to help them get more information out about the New Mexico Business Recovery Grant Program. Now, I'm going to give a web address here, and I'm going to give it a couple of times, but it's www.nmfinance.com, nmfinance.com, forward slash recovery forward slash so that's nmfinance.com forward slash recovery forward slash this is where you can go to get more information about this but the program is winding down and it's coming to an end and they need your application if you're a business in new mexico and you're listening to this and you haven't applied for some of this grant funding this is once again the new mexico business recovery grant program the program awards grant funding that will help cover businesses rent lease or mortgage payments to help businesses rehire the workforce that they need the program is administered by the new mexico finance authority or nmfa and the average grant that they have 
put out there for, uh, and these are grants, not loans. So I don't have to pay it back. That's correct. This is grant money. You can just, yeah, you can just apply for it. The average grant they've given out is $50,000. Now, I remember when I ran my small business, yeah. I would have loved to have gotten a $50,000 boost, right, to help me along. That would have been great. And there's a lot of businesses that have been hit hard from the pandemic and being shut down and not being able to operate at full capacity. So the NMFA or the New Mexico Finance Authority has this money that they've got to get rid of and they want to get it out to the small businesses. So if you're a small business or any business and you have not applied for this yet, I would suggest that you go to nmfinance.com. That's NM as in New Mexico, finance.com forward slash recovery forward slash and uh, get the details on this. And they just need to get some information from you. But the deadline for applying for this funding is December 7th. So you got very little time. Well, as a matter of fact, a month from today, because today's the 7th. And so you've got about 30 more days to get your application in. And that is the application deadline right there. And that's December 7th, 2021. And I'm going to give you that again. The web address that you can go to for more information is nmfinance.com forward slash recovery forward slash. And you can go there and get the information about this. But deadline is December 7th, 2021. So it's coming up here real fast. And the average grant for businesses has been $50,000. And once again, that that is a grant program. So I'll try to mention this over the next few weeks to remind people and to get more information out there about the New Mexico Business Recovery Grant Program. But they've got to get the money out, and they're trying to get it out. And if you haven't applied for it, please head to that website and apply for that money. Okay. As we've talked about before, the census and all, we have to redistrict. And uh, we mentioned before there were several plans considered on redistricting the city council districts in Rio Rancho, and I understand that one has been decided on. Correct. So there were basically five maps that were originally proposed to us by the agency that we hired to put the maps together. Mm -hmm. And the agency that we hired to put the maps together takes all the census data and the population, breaks it down by all these various different districts, and basically spreads the population out to where it is most equally represented throughout the city in a city council district. Now, in the city of Rio Rancho, they determined, I think, the average, with the population being what it was, you take the 104,000 divided by six because there's six city council districts, and I think that came out somewhere around 18,000 per district. Then they go in and they look at the precincts where those districts occur, And they divide up the precincts as equally as they possibly can. And you have to divide them within a 5% plus or minus margin. Okay, You can't go over 5% Hmm. to be a legally valid map. And then what you have to do is you need to make sure that you don't disparage anybody, underserved population or anything like that. You have to take into consideration a lot of different factors. And then you also want to try to maintain communities of interest. Okay, and I'll give you an example. For the longest time, well, for the last 10 years, District 3, which has Enchanted Hills in it, okay, Mm -hmm. and it's the biggest district of them all because there's so much vacant space in District 3, right? Mm -hmm. Mariposa and all that. Yeah, it included Mariposa, okay, but it also contained a sliver 
a sliver of Northern Meadows. So Northern Meadows has been divided. One thing that I've always pointed out is what does Northern Meadows have in common with Enchanted Hills? Other than sharing the same city limit, there's not a lot in common there, right? The infrastructure is different. The roads in and out of there are different. So one of the things that we really looked at was reunifying these neighborhoods into a single city council district. So the past map that we've been going off of for the last 10 years really split up 10 different neighborhoods, okay? And you'd have to look at the map and really drill down to see where the roads are. And that's what we did is we really drilled in. Well, the map that we finally adopted, and it was voted on in the last city council meeting, and it'll take a second reading coming up in the next city council meeting, which is coming up on November 10th. And that's another thing we need to point out. In November, there's only one city council meeting, and it's on the 10th. And the reason it's on a Wednesday and not on a Thursday is because Veterans Day, which we'll talk about here in a minute, is on the 11th. So we've got the parade, and all city offices are closed. Sure. So so, so we moved the city council meeting to Wednesday the 10th. So that's when the city council meeting this week will be. And that will have what's known as the second reading on that map. Okay. But what we really did was we drilled in, looked at what we could do. And with this new map, only one neighborhood, which is Corrales Heights, which was previously segmented, it remains segmented. So we drilled this down and got every neighborhood pretty much unified Except for one. So we did, I think we did a really great job. It was a very thoughtful map that put everything into perspective. So we did adopt it. And also one of the things is we didn't really make a substantial, while the changes were substantial in the impact that they're going to have, overall percentage, we didn't alter the district so much that they looked different, right? So if you really looked at the two different maps, they really look very similar. And by total overall change, it was the lowest percentage of actual geographical change. I assume those maps will be available online somewhere. They are online right now on the city's website, and you can go out and take a look at them. And once again, what will happen is we will vote on the new map the second time, and that will ratify it. And I believe at that point the new maps actually take effect, I believe, on January 1, which means they impact the upcoming election. On March 1st. On March 1st, correct. So those districts had to be in place for that election. So we really, because we didn't get the information and the information from the census came out really so late, really a lot of delays from the pandemic, we'd normally have six or eight months to really work through all of this. In this particular case, we had to get it done in six to eight weeks. So we'll have, besides uh, an election for mayor, we'll also have some city council districts up for yes. election. Yes. So there's actually on the March ballot, and we'll talk, we can talk more about this because that's probably a whole show unto itself. Yeah. But you'll have three city council districts that are up for election, and then you'll have the municipal judge that's up for election. Then you'll have the mayor's office that's up for election. And then you'll also have the charter questions, which there'll be six charter questions on the ballot, I believe. And then there are three bond questions that are going to be on the ballot. So this is a large ballot for the city of Rio Rancho. We don't normally see this much stuff on a ballot, but there's a lot of stuff to be looked at here. And all this stuff's going to start going up on the city's website. A lot of it is already there, like the charter questions are already there. Mm -hmm. Those are going to be this last city council meeting. We actually approved the three bond questions that are actually going to go on the ballot. So those got approved 
by the governing body, and the governing body has to approve those actually going on the ballot. Those were approved, so those will be on the ballot. So we've got the charter questions that are definitely going to be on the ballot, and we've got the bond questions that are definitely going to be on the ballot. And then we have a resolution calling for a regular election that will come forward, I think, in December, and that will ratify all that stuff and put it on the ballot. Now, we had an election November 2nd, but that was done by the county, correct? Correct. Now, we did. We had a county elections that looked at the school board, looked at soil conservancy districts, right. looked at the PIDs, which are public improvement districts. And if you're going, what is that? You would only vote on that if you lived in one of those PIDs, okay? And, for example, there's a PID in Cabazon, okay? And so there's a board, and that board, because it's a public improvement district, those board positions are publicly elected, not appointed. Mm-hmm. So there was a PID board election in Cabazon, and I believe also in Mariposa. I believe also there was an election for SCAFCA as well, which is the Southern Sandoval County Flood Control Authority. Okay, so those are the folks that we pay taxes to that try to fix all the flooding and, and drainage issues that we have throughout the city. So we had that election as well. So there were quite a few on the ballot, and those all got pulled together under the Local Election Consolidation Act. Right. Okay, which we as a city opted out of. That was what I was getting to. So this election coming up on March 1st will be run by the city and the city clerk. Correct. So it'll be run by the city and the city clerk and will only have city related issues on the ballot. It won't have county bonds on the ballot. It won't have county elections on the ballot. It won't have anything to do with state. It will be strictly city issues on that ballot. And unlike the county election, Rio Rancho does have the voter ID rule. Correct. So when you go to the March 1st election, you have to prove who you say you are and have to show an ID. And that is a voter adopted rule that was adopted many years ago. One by a lot, as I recall. Yeah, it was. It was about 80% of the people that voted on that issue voted to have voter ID in our local elections. So that way, only people living in the city could vote on these things now here's another thing that as we get closer to the election we'll talk about this and this is something a lot of people don't realize if you own a business in rio rancho but you don't live in rio rancho do you get to vote i know the answer but i'll let you explain it (laughs) (laughs) so you do get to vote but not on everything you only get to vote on the things that affect your property taxes so you would have to go and file a request with the clerk's office showing that You've got a business in Rio Rancho, and basically you want to vote on the property tax issues, so the bond issues, because if we pass these bonds and they're levied against or assessed against your property taxes, if you own a business, you might want to weigh in on that. So let's say you had a rental property in town, and this is going to affect your costs on that rental property. You might want to weigh in on those tax issues, and so- You have to file with the clerk and get a special ballot that allows you to vote just on the bond issues. So you can't vote for mayor or a city council because you're not living in Because you don't live here. Correct. Correct. Well, it's good to know, though, because you're right. That's a nice feature. And we'll get some more details. Yeah, Yeah. we'll get some more details so people understand how to do that. Okay. So, yeah. 
Good. Good to know. All right. See, things we learn listening to the radio today. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So coming up uh, Thursday, we have, as you mentioned before, the uh, Veterans Day Parade yeah, is com- back. Yes, it's coming. It's coming back. It's going to be on Southern Boulevard. It's going to be fantastic. We're lining up all the floats at 8 a.m. on Pine Tree, and we'll kick off the parade at about 10 a.m. So we want you to come out, show your enthusiasm for our veterans, uh, make sure you tell them thank you. And uh, just by showing up, it just really shows a lot of support. And I know Rio Rancho always shows up in force for this event. But you know what? We haven't had this event on Southern Boulevard for almost four years now because Southern Boulevard was being reconstructed. That took longer than we expected. So you missed two there. Then the pandemic happened. We didn't have a Veterans Day parade. And so now we're back and we're doing it in full force and fury. So I hope we've got a lot of people registered to bring their uh, floats out for the parade and uh, i hope that everybody's ready to go to celebrate our veterans on veterans day so this is the day that we do the big celebration and we will make sure that we get there and then we do a great parade then it ends up i don't want you to run off after the parade's over come on down to veterans monument park which is right there next to the Esterbone library on pine tree there's going to be a ceremony there where i will read a proclamation We will make sure we have a few uh, guest speakers and we'll talk about the sacrifices that our veterans make and just really take the opportunity to thank them. And it's also a great time to celebrate and remember that our freedoms that we have don't come free. Our freedoms come with a price. And this is not Memorial Day, now, mind you, where we would remember those that have made the ultimate sacrifice. This is the day where we celebrate those military men and women that have stepped up and really stood the line to make sure that we get to live in the greatest country on the face of the planet. So, absolutely. United States of America. So, uh, we appreciate our military men and women that protect our freedoms day in and day out. So, it is Veterans Day. That's what we're doing. I wish more people had the opportunity to go to other parts of the world, even Western Europe, which is pretty modern. It's still not like it is here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, uh, all right. Uh, before I let you go, the Winterfest Parade, we're going to have that again this year. Yep. Uh, it's coming up on December 3rd, so go ahead and get ready. That is just less than a month away, so you want to get your float ready. You want to get registered. Make sure you go to the Parks and Rec website, register, and you can register a float to be in the Winterfest Parade. It's going to be out at City Center. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a parade, and we're going to do a really big tree lighting, and uh, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a lot of music and festivities. We'll have all the food trucks out there again and we're hoping to make this just as big as we did with fall festival so it should be a blast and you remember last year we didn't get to do a parade so we had this drive-through christmas right. display yeah. that was pretty cool yeah that was great but this time we're coming better back. than nothing but it's not yeah. like a real parade. exactly i mean i went through it and i thought it was a great light show but we want to do the christmas parade and so we're going to get out there have a great time and celebrate the holidays very good and uh if Pam Harris doesn't mind, a quick plug. We're going to be out at Brenda's Car Wash when you and I get done. I'll be there at 11 o'clock till 1, and uh, we'll have some fun stuff to give away and lots of vendors out there. Well, I it. might just show up there just after church. So well, I look forward to seeing you. <laughs> I'll try to get over there. Our church lets out around noon, so I'll try to catch you on the second hour over there because I don't live too far from uh, Brenda's Car Wash. I live right there in Cabazon, so right. I'll try to get over there, see if we can see a few people, and say hello. And that guy with those street tacos, those wonderful street yes. tacos, is going to oh, yeah. be there. Oh, yeah. So.
Oh, you, you got to get some of the street tacos. Oh, Those he, are fantastic. This guy make, he gave me some last time. I told him, next time I'll buy some of these. You know, what we need to do is we need to sh- do a show that's just on the cuisine of Rio Rancho, because I'm telling you, we've got some great food here, yeah. including the food trucks. Yeah, you know? and so we'll call it you, uh, a taste of Rio Rancho. Since we're yeah. not doing that anymore. <laughs> well, we used to do a taste I of know, Rio Rancho. Yeah. We used to. We need to get back to that. You know, speaking of food trucks, going back to the fall festival, you know that it's my understanding that every food vendor sold out that's how busy it was and you can't ask for a better day than to show up with a certain amount of food hoping that you're going to make your your allotment and sell out you know what if you sold out you did what you came to do right and now you feel bad because you could have sold more right but if you went and you budgeted a certain amount to do it and you sold everything and you got your price that is a success. And so I know there's a lot of people clamoring to be selected, and we might want to talk about how people get registered. If you do have a food truck or something like that, and you want to be a part of these events, how do you get registered? We can talk about that in the upcoming weeks as well. Good. All right. We'll look forward to that. Mayor, thank you. I've been talking with Mayor Greg Hull, the mayor of Rio Rancho. Well, thank you, Derek. Everybody go out there, make it a great day, and God bless.